Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Woo! One million souls. Jesus died for those people. And we're so grateful. Just so grateful. Good morning. Good to be here with you. You know, one of the things I would say about what they just shared is, is that, you know, when we started Equip and wanted to train leaders around the world, of course, we entered into the secular community because we wanted to be salt and light. Your church, our church, Christ Fellowship, just immediately became partners with us. And, and you know, when you, again, when, you're, when you bring your ties to the storehouse and you give, part of your giving goes to our nonprofit organization. But what's, what's, what's wonderful about Christ Fellowship is you were with me in the beginning. In the beginning, when you cast a vision, you don't have anything to show because you're starting off. So all you do is you talk about it, you follow me? Uh, uh, let me tell you what's better than tell, show and tell. But we had nothing to show except a vision in our heart and a dream that we felt that God gave us. And, and so there's always a, a, a special attachment I have for people that started off with me in the beginning because Again, now everybody wants to join us. I mean, everybody, I mean, now that what's happening, everybody says, oh, let me be on the team, let me be on the team. But you were on the team before I had a team. You know what I'm saying? And, and you, were, you were on the team before, before we really ever made headway. So thank you, thank you. I love you. It's good to be home again. It's been a long week. I started out in Salt Lake City and then I, this week, and then I was in uh, uh, Atlanta, and then New Orleans, and then Orlando. And now I'm here, home sweet home. I get a look at your faces. I speak to a lot of crowds, but the most beautiful crowd I speak to is right here at Christ Fellowship. You are beautiful people. Thank you. Gosh. So I want to I continue what Todd has been doing in this incredible uh, series, So What? And I, I'll, have to, I'll have to say, I always love teaching. But I have to say that I love teaching a little bit more today because what I'm going to share with you is personally in your own life has life-changing potential. And whenever I teach, one of the things I like people to do is to see their possibilities. Because every one of us in this room have possibilities beyond what we are receiving right now. You do understand that, correct? All of us, all, how many of you think that there's a higher ceiling, a higher, a higher level of living than what you're living right now? Would you just raise your hand? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, I mean, if you don't raise your hand, we could just kind of pronounce you dead and send you to Jesus. Because, because there's still more, there's still more. And, and so what I'm so excited about in this teaching is that this is gonna be so biblical, it's gonna be so practical, it's gonna be so simple. That every one of us, whether you're watching us at different sites or online, right here in the local place, every one of us are, we're just going to, we're just going to get to go higher today. We're just, and that's what I love. I had, a, I had a lady come to me recently and said, John, I know why you're successful. I said, well, yeah, tell me, I'd like to know myself. <laughs> Been trying to figure it out for some time. She said, you're very successful helping people become very successful. I said, that's true. That's what I do. I'm a lifter. I, I, through my books, through my teachings, 
I, I take people where they are, I find them first, and then I take them where they really wanna go. And, and that's what's gonna happen in our setting. So you're, you're just about, you're just about to, to go higher. So, so look at your neighbor and say to them, uh, listen carefully, you're about to go higher. Tell your neighbor that right now, listen carefully. And the, way, and the way that we go higher is by answering this question because this is the foundation of everything I'm gonna to teach today. How many of you would with true enthusiasm but also a real sense of knowing this to be true would raise your hand and say, John, I believe that God is a generous God. How many of you, how many of you buy into the fact God, God is a, he's a generous God, he's, he's generous. And every hand, I think, again, was raised because we know that he's an incredibly generous God. And, and I'm gonna teach you about how to live generously yourself. But living generously yourself begins with the recognition that our God is a generous God. That, that's our foundation. If, if, if we don't have a generous God, I have nothing to teach this morning. Because people do what people see. And what we get to see throughout the scriptures is the fact that God is amazingly generous. In fact, you're gonna have more scripture from this teaching than any teaching you ever heard me teach. And the reason for that is I've gotta make sure that you understand this isn't John's message, this isn't Todd's message, this is God's message. You, you gotta understand who the source is. And so I'm gonna just kinda, of just kill you with scripture, okay? You're going to ask, oh, dear Lord, another one. Here comes another one. Another. But, but you, you've got to understand, everything I teach you is so biblically based, so God-ordained, that I don't, I, I, don't want you to, I don't want you to think I'm teaching this to you. All I'm doing is relaying the teaching that I have learned, that I have lived, and that I have loved. So let's go. Psalm 105. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, Loyal always and never. Psalm 145, 16. <laughs> I love this. God is generous to a fault. You lavish your favor on all creatures. Now, this is scripture that you find out throughout the Bible. But in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10, this generous God begins to speak to us about the lifestyle that we need to live. Give freely and spontaneously. Don't have a stingy heart. The way you handle matters like this triggers God. Ooh, that is a powerful statement. Gotta come back to that in a moment. The way you handle matters like this triggers God, your God's blessing in everything you do, all your work and all your ventures. So I command you always be generous Open purse, open hands. In other words, be generous, be generous with your open purse, your money, be generous with your hands, your works, the things that you do. In other words, he said, just be, be generous. But that phrase, the way that you handle matters like your possessions. It, it triggers God. What does that mean, it triggers God? In other words, God sees how we respond to the blessings he's given us. And when we respond according to who he is, a generous heart, a generous hand, when we respond like this, it means God responds, it, 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 it triggers him. In other words, God says, I see that. I see how you're passing on the blessings. I see how you understand. You're to be a river, not a reservoir. 
And the moment that he sees that and you're in my life, it begins to trigger his heart and he, he responds and he even blesses you more than you can imagine. You see, you have a shovel and God has a shovel and as you take the blessings God has gives you and you shovel it out to others, he looks down and he sees you shoveling and so he says, I'll shovel more. But the difference is God's shovel is bigger than yours. You got this little Toys R Us shovel. God's got a dump truck. He, he, and when he sees this happening, it, it triggers his heart. He, 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 it brings great joy to him. And he, he said, I, I'm going to respond to that. I, I see what they're doing. I'm going to even bless them more. You see, when we grew up, we grew up in a home that understood stewardship, we understood generosity. We were taught tithing as children. I mean, I, you know, I, when we got our first dollar allowance, we got paid in dimes. 10 dimes, and the reason we got paid in dimes is because my parents said the first dime goes to God. That's the first fruit. And so we'd get 10 dimes, and, and the, we'd set aside every, when we got our allowance, the, our dime, and on the way to church, we'd pick up our dime, and we'd go to our Sunday school class, and we'd put our dime in. And, and my brother one day was, he, he, instead of a dime, he, 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 he picked up three dimes. And dad said, what, what, what are you doing with the other two dimes? Oh, he said, I, I, I'm, going to give it to, I'm going to give it to God this week. He said, he's like eight years old. He said, God's been really good to me this week. You have a choice. I have a choice. This choice that you make will determine your entire life, whether you live in abundance or whether you live in scarcity. And by the way, it's your choice because God's already shown that he's an abundant God. So you have an abundant God. If you really wanna know what is an oxymoron, it's an abundant, generous God and a closed, stingy Christian. That, that doesn't even match. That's so incompatible. I had a friend, not a Christian friend at all. In fact, a businessman who came up to me and he said, John, most people, they live their life like this with a closed fist. And he said, here's what I discovered. This guy, he wasn't even a believer, but he understood biblical principles. He said, here's what I know. If I keep my fist closed, I don't lose what I have, but it's not open to receive what I could have. And I watch people go through life like this, scarcity of mindset. And oh, the good news is you got everything that you started with. The bad news, you don't have any more. And you'll never have any more. By the way, if you live in a scarcity world, if you live in a, I'm gonna keep what is mine because it's, if you live in that world, let me just explain to you, that's a realistic world. That's not an unreal world. If you live in a scarcity world, you'll have scarcity. And you'll be right beside somebody who lives in an abundance world and they'll have incredible abundance. And you'll say, how do they have so much and are blessed so much and how do I, it's very simple. You choose the world you live in and whichever world you choose to live in, it's a real world. It's, it's not a false world. So I'm so excited. I'm gonna unlock it for you now. It's, it's gonna all happen. I'm, and when I unlock it, I'm just gonna unlock it scriptural to you. But I promise you in the next 18 minutes, 
you're going to understand this world and you, 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 could, you can choose at the end of this service, you can choose at the end of this service, this is, this is who I am, this is going to be my identity, and this is going to be what I do. So generous living means five things. Number one, that we live what I call a yes life. Just, it's a yes life. Philippians chapter four, verse eight and nine. By the way, the passage I'm about to read you, I wrote my first book called Think on These Things. It came from this passage of scripture, okay? That's my first book. And you don't wanna get the book because honestly it wasn't that good and there's not that much to think on, okay? <laughs> Just, my name's John, I'm your friend. It was my first book. You're never good the first time. Sadly, I wasn't too good the second time or the third time. But about the seventh time I got really good. Just took a little practice, okay? But this verse right here, this comes out of my first book. Summing it all up, friends, I'll say, you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Now that is yes living. And yes living, Paul teaches us here, means that we choose good things to think on. Don't miss this. Choose good things. It's your choice. You get a call. You, you, can choose on bad, you, can, you can choose good things, bad things. It's your call. We choose good things to fill, uh, think on. Then we fill our minds with those things, and then we think about those things. And if you'll do those three things, just you choose what you're going to think on, then you fill your mind with that, and then as you fill your mind, now you begin to meditate until you act on it, that you become what I call a, a yes liver. And when, you, and when you become a yes liver, you begin to lean into what I call, the Bible would call abundance living. Because you see, the greatest gap between successful and unsuccessful people is how they think. Trust me. My name is John, I'm your friend. Trust me. Outside of sharing my faith, Always, that's always first. Outside of sharing my faith, if I could sit across the table with you for 30 minutes, what I would talk to you more than anything else is we would talk about how you think. Because the world that you think about is the world that you receive. That is an absolute fact. It's biblical. It's proven historically in the lives of people. Huge gap between how successful people be. In fact, Seldom do I do this, but I'm going to give you a book to get. It's not here today, but it's here. It's, Amazon has it. <laughs> Amazon's been very good to me. I'm in their hall of fame, okay? <laughs> what, whatever that means. That means I like them and they like me. But it's called How Successful People Think. Trust me. I'm going to, in that book, I give you 11 thinking patterns of successful people that unsuccessful people don't have. It's, it's, a, it's a, a book of contrast. If you, want to, if you want to be successful, think on these 11 things, have these 11 patterns of things. If you, if you don't want to be, if you want to live in scarcity all your life and, and, and it just basically try to make it, there are 11 thinking patterns of scarcity people too. How successful people think. Here's what I know. For a long time, I've become a yes man. And I'm not only a yes person, but I'm a yes leader. Many, many years ago, when, when McDonald's just started open, Margaret and I were dating. We've been married 54 years, so could do the math. I mean, this is when McDonald's was on the outside, not on the inside. 
And, and I went up and Margaret liked a Diet Coke and I asked for a Diet Coke and the girl, she said, I'm so sorry. She looked at her little register and said, we don't have Diet Coke. And I, okay, I said, good. Could I just have a cup of ice, you know? And I thought I'll get a cup of ice, go to some carryout store, get a Diet Coke and take care of Margaret. I mean, you're dating, you do anything to impress them. You know what that's like. And so I said, I, and, and so I said well, could you just give me a cup of ice? I this little girl, she's, she's looking at that. She's looking at that. She can't find a cup of ice on here. It's not on the menu. And finally she said, I'm sorry. I said, I don't, I, I, I don't, it's, I don't think I could do that. And I smiled, I said, oh yes, you can. And she said, okay. <laughs> and she got me the cup of ice and I walked out of the cup of ice, went down, got me a Diet Coke somewhere else and we're all, we're all happy. You see, for, for decades, I, I have been a yes, you can man. But can I tell you something? It didn't start with me. It started with God. He's a yes, you can God. Number two. This generous living means that we continually sow seeds. Now for the last few weeks, we've been listening to the So What Giving series. And so we, we, Todd's done a phenomenal job helping us understand seed sowing. But I, I consider the success of my day based upon the seeds I sow, not by the harvest I reap. So I'm, a, I'm an intentional seed sower. You know, you've, you've heard of Johnny Appleseed. Well, I'm Johnny adding value seed. That's who I am. That's what I do. I intentionally sow seeds. And why do I potentially sow seeds? It's very simple. My potential tomorrow is based upon the seeds I sow today. If a person said to you, I want to have a great harvest tomorrow, but they didn't sow seeds today, you would look at him and say, what a fool. The ground doesn't produce this by itself. You have to sow the seed. The only guarantee that tomorrow's gonna be better for you than today is that you're sowing positive seeds in your life and the life of others. So when somebody says, what, what do you think my future looks like? I always look up and say, well, your future looks like the seeds that you're sowing today. And every day, every day, I mean every day, Every day I do five things, intentionally, deliberately, consistently, every day. And what I do every day, you can do every day. And it will make you an amazing seed sower. Every day I value people. You'll never sow seed into the ground if you don't value the ground. You'll never sow seed into people if you don't value people. If you devalue people, you'll never sow seed in their lives. So every day I value people. Every day I think of ways to add value to people. Every day I look for ways to add value to people. Every day I do things that add value to people. And every day I encourage others to add value to people. I do those five things every day. I live that. I lived it this morning. I got up, I realized I had time, I got up early. I got this lesson out. And I kept asking myself, what can I say? How can, what can I do? I was thinking of you. I was thinking about how can, I, how can I help us understand this incredible message on generous living? You see, the soil, as we value people, we, we, would, we wouldn't put seed in the soil that we don't value. The soil says, bring me your seed, not bring me your need. 
You see, most people, they think need, not seed. So all they can think about is, this is what I need. Oh my gosh, I, I hope I get this. I, this is really, I need this in my life. And, and, and most people, scarcity people, are need thinkers. Well, I, I, you know, I this need. And, and by the way, I, I would not in any way, in any way want to have a spirit or an attitude toward anybody that's scarcity that your needs are not real. I don't doubt your needs. I just doubt your thinking. I don't doubt your need at all. But if you think need instead of seed, you will never have the abundance that you need in your life. Okay, forget what John says, forget what Todd says, Tom. Here's what Jesus says, it's on your screen. Give away your life. You'll find life given back. In other words, very simple. Jesus said, if you give away your life, you'll find life given back. Well, that's kind of transactional. I give my life, I get it back. That's nice. That's, that's, that's kind of nice. But what he goes on, he doesn't just say you get it back, but not merely given back. Given back with bonus and blessing. Oh, stop for a moment. In other words, he said, if you, if, if you give, it gets back. Well, okay, I, I gave, I got it back. No, 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 he said, I don't want you. This isn't transactional. It isn't like I did this and I got this in return about equal value. No, no, he said, what you have to understand that when I give back, I give back with bonus and blessing. Let me just ask you a very simple question. Honestly, it's, it's an IQ question. So don't miss this one because we're watching. How many of you would like to live a life of generosity to where you could have continual testimonies that God gives you back more than you have ever given him in your life. I mean, this is, this is an IQ test, folks. This is a, you don't even have to be a Christian. You don't have to be biblical. You, 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 maybe you just woke up. Okay, number three. Generous living means that we attract people to God. Now, I don't hear this talked about a lot. I'm gonna talk about it very little today, but it's an incredible truth. What, when Jesus was on the Sermon on the Mount, he said we're to be salt and light. What he basically said is, you know, salt makes things better, light makes things brighter. What Jesus said is we're to live an attractive life. Now, here's what he says in Matthew 5. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God, with God, this generous Father in heaven. And then Peter talks about, in chapter four, verse seven, be generous with the different things that God gave you, passing them around so all can get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get, I love this, he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything, on course on the end of the time, oh yes. In other words, this is huge. He said, if you get this abundance lifestyle, what happens is people look at you and say, how can you be so generous? How can you be so kind? How can you be so giving? And then it begins to reflect on the generous God, and all of a sudden, we become a testimony of who God is in us who God is in us. This is huge. And an abundant lifestyle makes people very hungry for God. What, what, what we as Christians need to do is we need to start making people hungry and quit making people angry. Dear God, come on, we can live a lot better life than we're living. I'm writing a book right now called High Road Leadership. 
and it's coming out next May, March maybe, somewhere right in the middle of the campaign. <laughs> Timing is everything. High Road Leadership with a subtitle, Bringing People Together in a World that Divides. We so desperately need some mentally healthy leaders. We so desperately need whole people. Yeah, yeah. We're done, we're done. Take a pill, relax. I remember when I was taught, I remember when I was pastoring, I looked at my congregation one time because I'm just trying to get them to live, you know, a fruitful, you know, the fruit of the spirit kind of helps a Christian's life to be attractive and abundant. And I was just trying to, and, and I finally, I got so desperate to have people just in my congregation smile, be nice, be curious, be kind, be giving, be generous. I just, one day I said, you know what? I just want, I wanted to get you saved, but I'm starting to settle for, could you just be nice? <laughs> just, I, you know, can I lower, I'm going to lower the bar. Can, let's, let's just start with, you know, how to win friends and influence people. You know what I mean? Could, could you just be nice? I was speaking, I was speaking about a year and a half ago at Columbia International University. And I was going to be doing leadership to about 1,200 people that were, it was an invitation of, of guests of the university. And um, they wanted me to do leadership. I said, fine. I got there and they said, John, we, we would like for you to talk about transformation. Well, when they talk about transformation, we're starting to talk about salt and light. We're starting to talk about faith. And I questioned them on it. I said, well, you know, you said leadership and, you know, and, 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 but they said, no, this, we'll, so I said, you're the boss. So I did it. But, but I, as I did it, I realized there were some people probably came for leadership. And so I was talking to them. And, and when I finished that day, because I was talking about how to live an attractive life, an abundant life to where people want to know God. And, and, and it went very well. It, so I, I'm, I'm glad I did it. But I felt I also maybe did a bait and switch on the people unintentionally. But so at the end of it, I said, you know, I'm a little uncomfortable because if you came to hear leadership and then you heard this and you're saying, oh, I didn't get what I came for. I said, I'm very sorry. I said, come up and see me. I'll, I'm going to stay up here for a moment because I, I want to make sure that you're okay. And so I stayed up there and everybody, I mean, they seemed everybody happy. But one lady who's in the military came up to me. And, and uh, very nice. And she said, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. She said, my commander sent me to, for leadership. This is a leadership day. I'm to get leadership stuff. I'm going to come back to the, to the team and teach leadership. And, and she said, it really wasn't what it came for. And I said, yeah, I said, you're right. I said, I'm very sorry. I said, let me make it up to you, okay? I said, um, I, I'm going to give you a digital training program on leadership that's, that's worth $1,200. I'll give it to you and you take that back to your commander and say, while I was there, he gave this just for us. And you could do leadership training and you can even help with the round tables. I told her how to do it. And then they had a couple books. I said, here, let me get these books. And I signed these books and, 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 and I'm just apologizing because she came for leadership and I'm doing salt and light kind of stuff. And, and as I'm, I'm handing her all these stuff and I said, please just, and give me your, you know, can I text you and, and get back to you and see it if it's okay? And tears are just filling her eyes and start to come down cheeks. She wasn't a believer. She leaned into me and she said, you're making me hungry for God now. Well, of course I'm making her hungry for God. You'll make people hungry for God every day of your life. If you're kind and you're nice and you have the fruit of spirit and you respect people. That, by the way, if that seems foreign, that's how Jesus did it. 
If you want to be like Jesus, we value people. Okay, number four, number four, you're doing so good. Are, are you learning something? Are you learning something? Are we, are we good? Are we good? Huh? Okay, all right, then let's keep going. Number four, generous living means that we receive more than we can ever imagine. All right, this starts to get ridiculous, but I'm staying biblical, so when ridiculous gets really ridiculous, I gotta make sure it's biblical. Proverbs 11, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. This is huge. Now, now let, let's make sure that we understand one thing. That ha- this is a little bit of motive integrity stuff. We don't give to get. So we're not, I'm not doing a transaction with you. I'm not saying, I'm gonna help you, and oh, that, uh, I'm gonna help you on Sunday and on Monday. I can hardly wait, okay. <laughs> it's your turn, God. Come on, come on, pile it on, woo, woo. No, 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 I'm not transactional at all. This is, this is not a transactional teaching, this is a faith teaching. In fact, I had, literally I had one of these kind of prosperity preachers one time send me a thing in the mail, said, what did he say? He said, if I, he said, if I would send his ministry $1,000, I would in 30 days get $10,000. And I thought, wow. Not a bad deal at all. And then I, got, I started, started to do that because, you know, that's, that's a huge, that's good. And then I thought, how selfish of me. How selfish. So I wrote him back. I couldn't do that. It's too selfish. I'll tell you what. You send me a thousand, you can have the 10. (laughs) I never heard from him. Anyway, (laughs) I was was having lunch one day with Angela Arntz, who was the top retailer for Apple. And I asked her what the best advice she ever had. She said, when I was a little girl, my dad taught me He said, give 60, take 40. Just give more than you receive. And I I love that, you know, just give 60. And then take 40, and then she smiled. She said, you know what I found in life? 40's enough, 40's enough. You see, the exchange principle, which I think I asked that to be on there, every person passing through life will leave something and take something. Leave more than you take. Wow, look what, look what Jesus said in Luke 6, given you will receive, your gift will return to you in full. Now, here we go, We're, hey, I'm gonna give you back in full. But then he says, let me explain full. Pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more, running over and poured into your life. Wow. Again, scarcity thinking, here's my need. Abundance thinking, here's my seed. Generous living means that we live a yes life. We continually sow seeds. We attract people to God. We receive more than we could ever imagine. And number five, we live out our God-created life. These are powerful words by Jesus. Matthew 5. In a word, what I am saying is, I love this, grow up. Your kingdom subjects now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. What is our God-created identity? Live generously 
and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. This is huge. Jesus says we're kingdom subjects. In other words, we are under the lordship of Jesus. This is huge. And he says, once I understand that God owns it all. I used to do this illustration. In fact, I think many years ago, I did it here at Christ Fellowship, where before the service, I'd give somebody a $100 bill. And then I'd talk about giving. And during this message, I'd stop and say, you know, I, I need to take Tom and Todd out to lunch today, and I need some money. And anybody have $100, they agreed. And, and the person that I gave the $100 bill would come up and hand it to me. And everybody kind of looked at me and said, oh, my gosh. John asked for some money, and this guy just walked right up and handed him the $100 bill. You know, why did he do that? Why didn't I do that? And then I would explain to him. It was very easy for the guy to give me the $100 bill. It wasn't his. It was mine. See, the only reason you struggle with money is you think it's your money. The only, the only reason you live a scarcity mindset is because you've never brought God into the picture. You think it's all yours. It's not all yours. Many times I'll ask people when we're talking about tithing, because I know the, the beautiful thing that you've done here on tithing. A lot of times I'll say, well, if, if you made $800 last week, how much of it is God? And when somebody says $80, I say, well, the good news is you understand tithing. The bad news is you don't know anything about stewardship and lordship. If you made $800 last week, can I tell you something? All 800 of that is his. It's not yours. It's just on loan. You're just a manager of that. You see, you'll always live a scarcity mindset unless you bring God into the picture. And when you bring God into the picture, everything begins to change. So we've been challenged. If we're not giving, to start giving. And if we're giving but not tithing, to start tithing. If we're just tithing, let's start giving abundantly. But let me just close with this, you see, because I don't want you to think, well, Todd's challenges, and well, we got Todd's challenge, and now we're getting John's challenge. You're not getting Todd's challenge. You're not getting John's challenge. If you think that, you think incorrectly. You're getting God's challenge. God's sitting right beside you in that chair right now, and he's looking at you and says, this doesn't come from Todd, and this doesn't come from Maxwell. What did he say? Malachi, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Why? So there may be food in my house and put me to the test now in this. This is the only time God ever asked you to test him. And the reason he asked you to test him on money is because he knows that's the hardest thing that you'll ever release to his lordship. Test me now in this. If I do not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflows, I'll not only give you a blessing, he said, I'm gonna do two things for you. I'm gonna bless you and then I'm gonna rebuke the devourer so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground or the vine of the field prove fruitless to you, says the Lord of our, I am going to bless you and I'm gonna keep the devourer away from you and that's who God is. Now let me ask you a question. In a moment, you can clap, not yet. <laughs> Timing's everything. How many of you believe after hearing these scriptures you have an amazing, abundantly generous God? It's just beautiful, isn't this beautiful? Yeah, I love it, right down front. He just got both hands up. I wanna put my leg up there and the whole deal. We got it about a generous. And let me tell you, how many of you wanna be like God? Come on, talk to me. How many of you wanna be God-like? See, this, this is where we become, this is where we become God-like. This is where we become Jesus-like. Listen to me. 
If during this series you have made a commitment to increase your financial giving, I, wherever you, maybe you never have, and you just, you got those three levels, doesn't matter. But you're saying, I'm gonna up my game. How many of you during this series decided up your game? Let me see your hand, just, I'm gonna up my game. Oh my gosh, this is huge, okay. Would you do me a favor? If you decided to live an abundant life instead of a scarcity life, I want you to stand because I'm gonna pray over you right now, and I'm gonna pray God's blessing on your life. Stand right now, right where you are. All, all sites, all sites. Online, stand up alone in your house, wherever. I, just stand up, if this is what you, if this is what you, and listen to me, I'm gonna pray over you right now. Just raise your hands up to him, raise your hands up to him, okay? He's got a shovel, you got a shovel. His shovel's bigger than yours, Father. You see these hands that are raised, you see these hearts, that are leaning in, inclined to an abundant, generous lifestyle. Why are we doing this? Because this is God-like. When we do this, we become witnesses to the goodness and the graciousness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now I pray a prayer of blessing on every hand that is raised, in every site, every location. I ask God that you would bless them that you would prove true to them what your scriptures say and what your life shows us. And may this be a time in our life as we're sowing, 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 that the harvest begins to come. And I'm asking this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the great provider of every good and perfect gift and everybody said. And then they gave God a hand for being an incredible, generous God. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.